Our Technique, podcast number eight for May 14th, 2012. Am I too loud? Am I peaking? No, you're good. All right. Good. That's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we might have a show. Yay, show. (laughs) Yay, show. Hey, how come? What? Okay. My my peaks are just, my my form is just bigger. Are you having peak anxiety? (laughs) I've never had to watch myself talk before. I've had to watch you talk so often. (laughs) That's right, yeah. (laughs) So now we're all obsessed watching it record our voices but like and our waveforms. But like yours are yep. tiny and mine are all bubbly. Well, oh, I thought you were yeah, going to say fine. big and large. I thought you were going a different direction. I tried Realized. to avoid it at the last Realized. second there. That's good. That's good. I don't know if it's appropriate to laugh if we come back from an audio success. I, uh, oh, maybe <laughs> we, we should like grumble, cry? like grumble, oh. grumble, grumble. No, like grumble. Yeah. 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 Everything's yeah. working. Yeah. 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 Stupid <laughs> audio. Yeah, working. Cool beans. All right. Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm doing all right. Doing fantastic. Two weddings. Yeah, yesterday. talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday was the day of two weddings. Uh, the first <laughs> as it one, shall be known <laughs> through history. Right. The first one I officiated, and it went. Absolutely fantastic, super smooth, uh, fast service. And uh, I was talking to the woman that runs uh, the Rankin, uh, the atrium area where they rent mm-hmm. out primarily, she says, for weddings. And, and stuff. they're going to start recommending you specifically? Yeah, she, t- she told me. She said, make up some business cards because a lot of times uh, couples that come in maybe are not necessarily in the uh, well-known, established in the area. Maybe they just don't have a church and... They need somebody, and so she said, make up some cards, and I'll put them out with uh, all the other things like DJs. and. How fantastic. Yeah. I would so. like to cite my previous request to take 10% of all uh, all sales on that. Why do you get to claim it? Because I did. I'm the I one spoke that... up first. Whatever. Yeah, but she <laughs> said make does, business cards. Does dibs cards. work when it comes to representation? <laughs> yes. I was the person that took all the time to fill out my name yeah. on uh, that internet. <laughs> website so that i could print out a certificate that says i can marry people <laughs> the internet I took says the you can marry yeah and then the second wedding like as soon as the service was over i right. ran down the street because it was only two blocks away where the other wedding was taking place but unfortunately i got there after the service had ended uh like jeff and other people had already gone on to the museum where the reception was but uh-huh. i got to see robert and kern uh, while they were taking pictures. So and you weren't officiating this one. You were just w- a guest. I was just a guest. That's a relief. Yeah. Um, but man, the reception at the museum, when I walked in, the first thing I said to Jeff, because, you know, most people were in tuxedos mm-hmm. and yep. very, you know, and uh, it was in this lovely sort of um, uh, open space where you could see all three floors of the museum. Right. And it was, you know, very well to do. And I said, it felt like the setting for like a, you know, a Batman villain to swoop in and rob <laughs> everybody. That is the same museum and atmosphere that I accidentally showed up to in like torn jeans and a homemade. I remember <laughs> that. Sure. Nice. I, I, what's it called? Um, when you go to a party uninvited. Crash. Crashed. Yeah. 
the black rude. tie gal. Yeah, well, rude, <laughs> yes. But I was looking specifically for the crash term. Uh, I crashed the black tie gala in my junior year at Columbus State University, the arts <laughs> gala, because uh, several of you were performing as sort of live yeah. arts installations for the gala. And somebody had been like, you should come by and see us. And I was like, okay. Because I didn't know what the event was, just yeah. that y'all were performing as lives arts, live art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I show up. I just finished my costume design shirt. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just wear this and show it off to everybody. And I show up and there's like valet parking and like even the <laughs> valets are in like formal gear. And I'm like thinking, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> but I go up to the first you know like valet and i'm like hey um looking for the the live arts installation he's like yeah it's up that way go on in i'm like all right and so i go to the front desk and she's in like a ball gown and stuff and i'm like hey i was gonna come look at the live art installation and she's like oh it's right over there and nobody's (laughs) stopping me so i don't know what's going on i walk in and it's like this full black tie evening charity (laughs) event and I am in a ridiculous little shirt. Hey, but in fairness, I was wearing leather and a mohawk. Yes, so. because you matched a painting <laughs> that I was, yeah. to look like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting day. That's also the day I got to make uh, an opera singer's reputation because I was sitting up behind the event, hanging out with you guys, and uh, I'm sitting there trying to be as unobtrusive and unnoticed as possible, and she goes up for this operatic high note to show off, and I nudge backwards on the bench a little bit and somebody had put a a glass on the bench so as I moved backwards she hit the high note and you just heard this glass shatter (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) wow that museum has been an interesting story starter for us yeah 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 yeah. speaking of starters if you're just joining us uh, and have not listened to prior episodes uh, I'm Jeff I'm Aaron and I'm Adam Uh, and this is uh, depending on how you want to say it art technique Artechnic or art technic? I think we all three I say think it differently. I say art technique because I like yeah. what it does. Aaron says art technique. It seems like I, I, well, I sort of emphasize the T for both syllables. Right. I sort of go art technique. I like to say art technique. Okay. Art technique. All right. Well, there we go. Anyway, so the, the we clearly really planned that out when we, we were did. picking it. We did. I think it says some things about our point of view on the show as well Mm. uh anyway and this is a podcast about obviously the intersection of art and technology speaking of i have an article if we want to dive in you dive okay i've got my floaties on i'm ready oh i should do uh our listener shout outs though real quick okay um in in case the episode we tried to record earlier doesn't take i should resend a shout out to brenda george even if it does take i think she deserves a second shout out she's Mm. been she says she told me that she listens she she downloads it uh, uh, on Sundays for for listening on the Mondays. That was sort of why was we sort of picked as a release yeah. as Sunday so release. We were know like, that that is a thing that works. <laughs> um, but hey, we're doing well in Atlanta, San Francisco slash Oakland slash San Jose, Birmingham, Austin, uh, Norfolk, uh, Washington D.C., Philadelphia, Los Angeles, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, San Antonio, Savannah, Dallas, Albany, Chicago, New York, Memphis, Columbus. Tallahassee, and uh, those other countries that we've mentioned <laughs> from prior shows. Anyway, um, my thing is this uh, thing called Artemis, and I've been waiting for something like this for a long time, and I hate to bring the Star Trek reference this early into the show, <sighs> but I must. You're forcing it. I. But this mm-hmm. is so worth it. Okay. 
all right, it is a uh, it's a computer game. But the description is uh, Artemis allows six people to take the bridge of a starship and tell their own story. So you buy the game for forty bucks. You bring six computers and a, a big TV or a monitor, or they suggest a projection screen for ultimate epicness. And everyone has their <laughs> own station, and every computer does its own thing. And they said even to the point where the captain has no control of what's on the view screen, the captain has to request for someone to put the data on screen for him to see. And you get to control every facet of the starship uh, piecemeal like you would if you were on the bridge, right? Wow. And they've got missions, um, and they've got you know for, sort of free exploration and, uh, and battles. And uh, my understanding is it's basically one guy who's doing the grunt work of the the coding on this he says i want i'm thinking about bringing other people in but i kind of don't want to yeah and he's just doing this thing because because he he loves it and he's i, I just i think it's amazing like this is something i've kind of w waited to see for a long time yeah um and where i think it relates uh, to us besides just being you know interesting piece of tech is we come back to story so often mm -hmm. and he was saying that you know it's not really i'm not really out to um force a story on anyone he says, but the, by the players coming together and doing the free exploration or going through a battle, um, the real story happens in not in the computer but in the room between the people. So how he's they play. so he's specifically setting up so he wants the the bridge crew to be in the same room and not yep online and oh, he okay. wants them, yeah he wants them all to be in the same room right. yeah so it's sort of a, a virtual dungeon master and allows the the crew to huh. figure out how they're going to work together. Yeah, that's exactly what he wants. In fact, uh, uh, Dan sent me the article about this, saying he would he'd love to mm -hmm. run one of these. So I think that would be incredibly <laughs> cool. Um, the graphics uh, are pretty are pretty light. They said even a Mac running Windows could could run this game, which <laughs> made me happy. Even uh, a Mac running Windows. <laughs> they said they said there's something magical that takes place when you walk into a room and see the five stations and main view screen in action. Showing information and allowing you to control all aspects of your ship. In the right room with the lights low, it's easy to pretend you're in space. This is LARPing for science fiction fans, <laughs> with the exception that everything you want to work actually does. You're not pretending to tro throw spells. You're actually telling engineering to send more power to the shields during a, a tense standoff. They say the, the battle's just like uh, you know, you'd run it on Star Trek. It's that kind of naval style. Mm -hmm. um, and I just I think that's incredibly... Uh, incredibly cool. In fact, um, I, and I'll cite where the article, where this comes from uh, later. Do you know if you can play with a partial crew or it, it won't work without a full complement of six? Cause I do not know. That's potentially difficult to get all in one they room. They do all say requires some organization yeah. <laughs> and some <laughs> hardware. Uh, I, it, they say you need all six for the full experience. There's five stations in the view screen. Mm hmm. Um, so I, that seems to imply that you can play without all the stations, mm -hmm. but I don't know, you know, what that, what that does. Everybody but tries so to run two. So when you say five states, so there's the captain who doesn't have a station, but just directs. I guess watches the view screen. Right. Yeah. And reacts from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Six, six computers. And, uh, anyway. I love that they recommend a projector for ultimate mm -hmm. epicness. Sure. But I also love the idea that um, he's talking about the story being created with the people in the room and mm -hmm. that it's not about 
the technology, and I think right. that's beautiful. I think that you're not being forced to play out some sort of outlined mission, like right, like you a lot have, of like on Star, yeah. Star Trek Online, which is sort right. of a shortcoming of of that game. Yeah, but. and uh, you know, it's I won't say it's been my only hesitation why I haven't played because I'm <laughs> just haven't had a lot of time either. Sure, but yeah. you know, with you guys, but I would really be in for all the Polar Studios guys <laughs> sitting in a room. And play out this game. That great. would be fun. <laughs> that yeah. would be awesome. Well, so. that's what we were. I mean, we we had this false hope. Like we acknowledged that it was a false hope, even going into it, that somehow uh, Star Trek Online would have that element of you become a team rather than a group of individual players, mm-hmm. and you really don't. You know you. We the very first mission has like submissions even for you know if you're the engineer you can go click on this extra thing and so we were like oh okay finally here's finally in the first mission here here's <laughs> that thing we were hoping it was gonna do great um, but then it's like you've done this thing and it's like oh well you know we didn't it's know if exactly it was gonna be a like mini game or World of Warcraft or or a regular sit down video game mm-hmm. yeah and and this article the guy goes on to sort of uh, rail on video games that are so tightly scripted that they're basically movies mm-hmm. trying to pass for a game <laughs> and and he talks about the whole sort of philosophy of gaming and that in gaming you know you're not meant to be necessarily told what to do you're meant to find problems and and solve them and it makes me think of why I liked uh video games when I was younger where the, there weren't as many graphics and so any story that was to be had outside of the objective was all whatever your imagination was putting onto, mm-hmm. you know, these characters, which is why I think, like, Link in the older Legend of Zeldas, you know, that silent protagonist, we don't know much about who he is, and mm-hmm. the player sort of fills in just whatever they, you know, they feel like he is. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's my thing. I thought that was cool. That is neat. Cool. It could also open up some interesting, uh, you know, other possibilities, that same idea of technology incorporating into a uh, live interactive game rather than strictly, you know, online where guild members never, you know, see each other, know each other be any, by anything more than their login name. You know, they mm-hmm. could release extra episodes or it could then be applied to other formats. You know, you, the technology lends itself to Star Trek because of that sort of view right. screen workstation mm-hmm. setup of the bridge, but you could use it as a gaming system for other things, you know, um, sort of a Dungeons and Dragons style one where, you know, you've got sort of the leader of the band and then everybody is working on their own thing and it's monitored up on a central feature. You know, it would mm-hmm. be less immersive because it wouldn't be the game reflecting the reality but you could still use it to tell other stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested too as, uh, from an education standpoint because it's very uh, kind of role drama mm-hmm. uh, where you know you take on the role of a bridge crew. Or really the scene uh, in Star Trek too with the uh, Kobayashi Maru. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, it's because it's a, a nice way, you know, I don't know, explorers in time and uh, yeah, Oregon they, Trail, that that old oh, game, you yeah. know, it it kind of reminds me of, of that sort of thing, and be a great way to kind of explore and experience uh, cultural things, or I don't know, maybe you're Throwing some real science, like you yeah. need to solve an actual scientific yeah. problem using the proper formulas, but yeah. in the context of aliens are going to blow you up if you don't, yeah, solve the equation. Yeah, you but. you could also you know take you know the elements of of the fantasy out of it in a way that it's like 
you, you know, bridge crew, yes, and you can either explore the solar system or maybe it's like we're, you know, secret space pioneers looking at uh-huh. China. So like Space Oregon Trail. Space Oregon space Trail. Oregon. Um, and space have dysentery. the kids do the sol- solve the problems, but have it be less about like a combat simulation sort of game, yeah. but more just, just the exploration side of the Star Trek. Didn't they do something like that with um, was it, uh, like a space shuttle simulation? Or I might be confusing it with Watergate <laughs> somehow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> You mean <laughs> there's some I'm, I'm mix, I know I'm mixing space things camp up. has this sort of, you know, yeah. where you get to role, you know, play you're either in the shuttle or in right. um, mission control and you have right. to talk okay, to that's each other what back I'm and forth. Of. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm also thinking of this other thing that I've heard <laughs> on NPR. I'm really curious about this Watergate <laughs> thing. It's <laughs> something about um, you're either in the Oval Office, your two mm-hmm. teams, a role player, or you're playing uh, the, the press. Okay. And so you're either on the side of deflecting and spinning the story, mm-hmm. or you're on the side of the team of the press who's trying to, to get the story out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And it was a simulation of a real historical event, and I cannot remember what it is. Crap. Well, when I do. Yeah. Bring it up. Crap. <laughs> sounds interesting. Right? It's cool. I remember it being very cool. Sorry. <laughs> One more. <laughs> Take a moment. So who's got grumble, something else? Grumble, 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 grumble. Something that I, I was looking at, um, and it was interesting because I had to research a good bit to, you know, understand most of the terms that were out there. Uh, but there's, uh, it was talking about Hulu and how uh, they're switching over, or presumably, because apparently Hulu has not directly addressed this. There's just been rumors leaking out about switching over to an authentication model for a lot of uh, the movies that you would watch, movies and TV shows that you would watch um, on Hulu, meaning you would have to have already a cable subscription. Mm-hmm. And so when you oh. click on... Oh. Like the HBO Go thing. Yes, okay. yes. And that, and that, and that was, um, you know, they may be putting these rumors out there maybe to kind of test the waters to see because... That's that's the point that a lot of people were making. They were like, these types of services already exist, and Hulu's unique uh, in the sense that it's not that way. Well, um, so much of their library is from the the broadcast networks, which NBC specifically, right? right? That's where it started. NBC Fox, I think so. Um, and a lot of the articles that I was looking at also said typically the the most watched uh, content on Hulu is. The network TV stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and I can even talk from experience. I, that's um, the cable service that I have where I live. It just is included with uh, the rent I'm paying, and it uh, it has network. However, I'm very rarely home when those shows are on. So, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have a DVR or anything like that. So that's what I use Hulu for. Is you know, after a couple of weeks, you know, one Saturday. Oh, I finally have an afternoon free. I'm going to watch six weeks worth of Yes, yes. I draw a hot bath. I put the Epsom salts in. and tell the alpaca to go away. Mm -hmm. Say, go away. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) And and I watch, uh, you know, yeah, Parks and Rec and Office and all the Thursday night stuff that's kind of built up. Um, So uh, it was, I don't know, it was an interesting kind of question they posed. But um, it's interesting because, what, three or four years ago, they said the future was everybody's going to 
this sort of a la carte thing where you can pay and select uh, the specific shows that you want to watch and it's all going to be streaming and right. but it, it's interesting the that there's the advertisers are terrified right and that, that that's what they don't know exactly how they're going to make their money cuz uh, you know when netflix and all of those things first came about they were so desperate for the content that they were taking these really uh, crappy deals from the studios and networks mm -hmm. um, just so that they could get out there thinking that at some point they'd be making lots of money off of it and now you know their contracts expired and you know what netflix just lost the whole stars catalog and 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 so there seems to be this weird sort of shift back to paying for these package deals mm -hmm. and and so no one's really sure you know i guess what's gonna win and, mm -hmm. and it's like we're just doing the same thing we've always done and i don't know i just curious your thoughts on it because i had honestly i had to do a lot of research <laughs> for me personally mm -hmm. to yeah. understand what a lot of this stuff was and you know they said well you know everybody will shift back to uh, uh torrent use and I had to look up what i'd heard that word but i didn't know exactly what torrent sharing was and mm -hmm. so i had to you know learn so i was just curious what my more experienced friends more experienced think friends? about this uh, well, uh, I, I, I do. I use Hulu a lot for the same sort of thing. I actually, you know, I sort of DVR things that are on channels that Hulu doesn't cover. And then I Hulu shows that Hulu does cover and set up my queue. And then I'll have three or four weeks of something where I'm in rehearsals every night. And then I'll send the show will open and I'll have my weekdays free again. And I'll just watch the backlog across Hulu. Um, it's interesting. I always uh, I don't know whether to laugh or grumble. <laughs> okay, keep going. We'll find out when, whether or not there's that little robotic boip in the sound. Oh yeah, just so everybody knows, we are periodically stopping uh, to one, save the podcast file, and two, um, make sure that we're not getting any weird interference like we've had in the past couple of episodes. We're trying a new setup. Mm -hmm. seems to be working. But we heard one little bleep, and everyone went, <gasps> <laughs> and so we stopped, and we checked, and we're fine. We um, really want to take care of you when you're listening, that you're not having to struggle. Get <laughs> to new ears. Yeah. Anyway, Unless, of to, course, they're doing Hulu. Hulu, yeah. what about it? Oh, that was me. You were, yeah. <laughs> you were umming and awing, summoning, summoning the information from the depths your broad base of watching knowledge. the back catalog right um the channels that don't hulu but still offer their content for free i have a much harder time uh remembering to go watch those shows there are certain shows that are available to me every single week for free online when i can't watch them on the sh the, the main the live broadcast television um but because Hulu so efficiently catalogs everything and you can sort of watch a variety of shows in order rather than sort of you have to watch all of these episodes, all show A in order and then you watch all show B. It can actually show you the mix, so that you, which for me is a better option. Mm -hmm. Some people like watching through all of the episodes of the same show and it can do that too, which is nice. But these times where it's like I have to go to another site, I forget to and I lose mm -hmm. track of this show for months at a time and then i'm like yeah. oh yeah i was totally watching that show yeah and i go and i track it down and only the most three most recent episodes are available or whatever 
And so I've lost a chunk of the season, and then I have to decide, do I buy it on Amazon On Demand, which I've done, or iTunes? Um, And so I am willing to pay for certain shows, but the convenience of Hulu, you know, I watch through all the ads. Well, I let all the ads play, whether I watch them or not. And so, (laughs) Moment of honesty. uh, That's when I soap up. (laughs) <laughs> going back to I'm the I'm seeing you with this ridiculous like bubble hat and like a full bubble beard and like oh, a ducky. You've seen the pictures then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, HBO Go, I haven't watched, but I've considered, you know, if they offered this service totally independently, do I want to add another $13 a month to my cable bill? No. But would I add $10 a month just for HBO Go and only watch it online? Mm-hmm. It. I'd definitely be more willing to consider that. I haven't done it, so that says something. Actually, I don't know. Is HBO Go available totally independently? I don't think it is. I don't no, you think have to it have is. A subscription. Yeah, yeah. and then you add on to it. Yeah, and that's that's the complaint that people are making. You you have to have these basic subscriptions, and yet then you pay for the convenience of... HBO Go is an additional charge on top of having the subscription? That was my understanding. I think that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's stupid. Convenience costs, man. Right. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't want to... Yeah. And and again, going back to Hulu, Hulu made the point, or I'm sorry, Hulu has not officially addressed it, but um, that they think uh, the authentication will come through the Hulu Plus users that Uh already pay uh, for the convenience of, I think it's like $8 a month. Eight eight or ten a month. They they have a Um, larger archive and more shows available. But there would still... Hulu would still be accessible free. However, there would be an increased delay between... Uh, broadcast and when it would actually be available on the site. And they said up to uh, possibly like a month, like they would just kind of dump. I get it. Sure. I mean, they're looking at making, you know, they're trying to recapture the synergy of live television, which will never happen. Yeah. They they need need to to, figure that out. Yeah, because why when the content is out there, what does 8 o'clock on Thursday mean anymore? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. When it used to be so absolutely crucial that it was between 8 and 10 o'clock on one of these networks between right. this show and this show, which gives a good lead in and a bigger build to that show. And it just, because it, with DVRs, with easy to record stuff, with mm-hmm. all the internet feeds, there's just no power there anymore, or mm-hmm. minimal power, I suppose, or at least it's coming that way. Perhaps I'm wrong and the rest of the world all still watches their show at 8 o'clock, well, but nobody I know. And again, speaking about sort of that's old model, uh, another point that was brought up in some of the articles I was coming across or users that were commenting on the article, uh, they were talking about how you can get much better uh, demographic numbers by monitoring downloads and streaming as opposed mm-hmm. to network and TV still uses the Nielsen the sampling. Nielsen, which is the a old, sampling. Right. Yeah. You can get a sample or you can get one-to-one accurate yeah specific data. Has anyone ever done the Nielsen thing? I got to do it once a long time ago. Yeah, you talked about it. There was actually a family growing up that we knew they were a Nielsen family. Right. And um, they, yeah, they just had to keep a log and there was a box that was installed and I didn't have the box. I literally just had a little notebook. Oh. And I did not watch any of the shows because I was but you voted for the ones you wanted. I went ahead, yeah, I checked (laughs) Jon Stewart and Colbert. I just checked everything and said I watched you lied? That I watched. Man, I've been caught. You violated, <laughs> and this, this is on a podcast now. The Niels, mm-hmm. If Nielsen rates this the podcast, Nielsen cops <laughs> no, no. I will let the advertising money come. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 
I'm I'm interested in this. Um, especially, wow, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, the the upcharging, if you will, of mm-hmm. services, you know, um, makes me think, as many things do, of comic books and how I love some of the providers. I think DC's doing this now, um, where or at least our local comic shop here uh, is doing it. Book Exchange. Um, some titles you can buy the print version. And they say, if we're buying the print version, um, we'll give you a code for the digital so you can go download it. And that doesn't cost you anymore, which is ideally how I think it should run. And I, I feel like, you know, if, you know, it, it's almost like not that the, the money would be any less, but it's almost like maybe it would have been an easier sell if they had just raised over the course of a couple of years the subscription mm-hmm. rate and included the online bonus, quote unquote, free. Mm-hmm. But it, but really, the cost is just in the base subscription. I mean, it's dis- it's not deceitful, but it's shady ish kind of business. It, it feels, but it feels like something you know. It feels more reasonable to me, and I I like deals better when you pay a single sum and you get this the the whole thing, right? Rather than piecemeal, 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 build it up as sort of your own custom designed kit. Just make it. Because instead of feeling like a kit where you can sort of pick and choose, it just feels like you're constantly paying and being nickeled and dimed. And whether it actually adds up to any other additional cost, it it makes me annoyed as a consumer and it Mm -hmm. makes me less inclined to do it. It's like, I understand it, but like when you're watching something on Hulu Plus, there are still commercials in the shows. And I feel like... That is the cost of the show. Yeah. You should either... You have to watch the commercials, or you should either have to pay the monthly subscription. It may be that Hulu absolutely needs you to do both to be a be a, uh, a business plan that works. Mm-hmm. But it feels it's annoying as yeah. a user, mm-hmm. and it feels sort of like then what am I? You know what? Yeah, what, what am, am I, I paying? paying? It was, it's I'm like dying when, for a la carte cable. Yeah, I mean, I would I would pick this channel, this channel, and this channel yeah. rather than this package. I would love that. It, um, uh, again, there's two more things, I yeah. guess, to throw. One is the answer to that. Um, one thing that I'd read a couple, I guess it was a year ago, um, and it was when they were uh, talking about uh, Netflix going to more of a, a streaming sort of site, uh-huh. how they said the infrastructure, like the actual uh, cable that's out there in the ground and, and the way and the Wi-Fi and everything, like the, it's just uh, there isn't enough infrastructure there to go to a completely... Uh, a streaming sort of system mm-hmm. and how they say that a lot of that is controlled again uh, by the studios mm-hmm. um, through lobbyists in, in into Congress and talking about how, you know, they want to hold back so that they can charge a premium for this limited product that's out there. Right. Sure. I have a good story related to this about when my life peaked. <laughs> What? <laughs> has that already happened? <laughs> yeah, my life has already Aww. peaked, and it's been all downhill. Um, in There are such uh, applications out there for uh, desktop computers that are sort of content aggregators in the way that, like, RSS feeds are, right? In that, um, you know, you can go individually to sites like CBS.com, you know, to solve Aaron's problem or go to Hulu or go to, like, uh, what's the Project Free TV and those other ones? Mm-hmm. Um, or you can use uh, a software uh, thing. So I used this program for a while called Boxy, and it was uh, it was in 
beta by the time that I had used it. Um, and it was it was one of those new things where I would say, okay, all of these different videos on the internet, you know, stuff from Hulu, stuff from CBS.com, stuff from ABC, stuff from anywhere that was streaming, will sort of put together and group by show or by channel or by whatever, and you can browse and find the shows you want. And I used that to keep up with Craig Ferguson for a while um, when I used to have to do morning shows. Um, so I'd have to get up really early, but I wanted to watch Craig Ferguson, but he came on late. So that was an easy way. I didn't have a DVR or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I say my life peaked <laughs> is I was tweeting about the fact that I was using Boxy, and the technology reporter, Brad Stone from the New York Times, um, saw my tweet and said, hey, you're using Boxy. Can I call you about this? And so we called, and we had an interview. And then I made, I got quoted in the New York Times. And then I said, well, that was it. My life has now peaked. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, you have really low expectations of what's going to happen, <laughs> don't you? Look, I'm in the paper of record <laughs> saying how I want to cut I cable. am now immortal. That's it. I can now die. Oh, it was written on paper, though. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Dying. And so the, the last thing bringing up the, the idea that these articles that I was coming across spawned was Hulu recently has been getting into uh, creating a lot of their own content, uh, their own sitcoms and um, you know shows and web series and things like that and uh, you are know, they creating them or are they just offering them in a way that the networks aren't because like spy is listed as a Hulu exclusive mm-hmm. but it looks like it's sort of a major on the the British side of things that oh. it was an actual an actual release I there there are some there are some series that, that they're taking that were I guess in different markets, different countries, but there are some original series that they're creating as well. Okay. Um, and, but and the still, even being the only, being an exclusive distributor is a step up for some mm-hmm. a site that was meant to aggregate other distributors. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And sorry, um, go on. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, and just you know, going back to Hulu was originally free, and people could do whatever they wanted. So then they made the point: it was like YouTube. <laughs> Um, is also has sponsored channels and is creating yeah. uh, original content as well, and they're still a free site. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting because it's something I want us to get into, and I run into the same issue of how do we monetize? How do we monetize this? And and for us, I mean, yes, I want to make profit on the films that we make, but it's also <laughs> got to cover the cost of making the things yeah. and um, the fundraising campaigns and stuff help. But uh, I remember a few episodes back, Aaron talking about the, what did you call it? Not long tooth. The, um, long tail? Long tail model where you make a thing and it keeps making money. And, y- you know, we have that with our comic books. We, pr- we put them out and, you know, they, they make money. We have to keep up with the change in devices, you know, um, as, as like the new Kindles and Nooks come out. We have to update our e-comics so that they read properly Mm -hmm. but that's you know not terribly difficult um if if our web series and our and our movies and stuff like that you know are able to get put in a place where they can continue to earn revenue either through um ad shares or things like that that's a thing that i want to do and that you can do on youtube but i'm also looking at submitting us to netflix and trying to you know break into things like hulu so as a content provider you know i'm looking to fill that gap now we're not burdened with having you know a network or whatever but I would love to have a channel. I've I've always wanted to do this, where we have uh, a YouTube channel or whatever that would update weekly on Saturdays, 
and run all of our animated features and sort of do the old Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> thing. But, I was but just bring thinking about that the other day. Really? Literally oh. that exact thing, That's just so that cool. idea of bringing back Saturday morning cartoons. Because, you know, now that there are networks and stations right. devoted to cartoons, yeah. it's it's a you don't have to wait for that that thrilling morning where TV was for and about you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gosh. Wouldn't that be fun, though? Yeah, Doesn't and I'd love to see uh, a Polar Studios sponsored Saturday morning, an episode of Cricket, an episode of Why Me, an episode of Sparkle Wolves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you you make some puppets and we'll have like a human host oh sort of, gosh. you know, set up. <laughs> and do in like between. the morning variety yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Please do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> First, we've got to get episodes of all of those things. We just. That's okay. We're, we're on their way. We're on their way. But, you know, Look. we. We've got to trick all of our uh, listeners and subscribers <laughs> into buying some $60 a month, uh, you know, cable type subscription. Okay. Like they pay just a chunk <laughs> of money to us so that they have access to everything that we make. By the For way, $60 a month, you can have a podcast with questionable audio. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> So for those of you that would like to subscribe to the Polar Studios Network, click that donate button on the right-hand side of your screen. (laughs) My two cents. That's so funny. I'll put it in the donate pile. (laughs) What you got, Aaron? I have got sort of a personal project and technological art experience I wanted to tell you guys about. I have been looking at the possibility of the script Servant of Two Masters, which is an old uh, Commedia adaptation script that was done by Carlos Goldini, I believe. Goldini, I think. Yep. And uh, not it is now. The hmm. problem was, you know, it's 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 ancient. It's it's historic. It should be free, but it's in Italian. Italian is free. All of the translations have been done recently and are not public domain. Mm. So the adaptations and translations that are available in English are not free. Well, I don't have money. So (laughs) I looked and I found the original Italian script and I have thrown it through Google Google Translate and got a choppy, computer-generated English adaptation of the original Italian. And that's what you're putting on stage, And that's what I'm putting (laughs) on stage. In fact, it's going to be read by the little Google voice bots. (laughs) Uh, No, No, but it gave me a starting translation, and I've been studying Italian over the last two years with Rosetta Stone, so I've been going through and sort of line-by-line humanizing this digital computer translation of the original Italian so that I have a public domain translation to start from. Hmm. That's nice. Are you going to release it into the world as, as open? Or are yes, you gonna and that, no, I'll, I'll charge. If any, right. no. <laughs> $60 uh, so a month. you've learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's sort of this really interesting uh, use that I had never thought of necessarily. You know, I've used google translate for like a sentence or a word here or there but to like throw this entire text into the thing and have it spit back out at least the starting place of a complete translation Mm -hmm. that i'm then taking and humanizing and perhaps adapting a little bit because again that text public domain and i can work from it with and make the changes that i want to do and i was just excited by this this 
web experience where I had started from uh, nothing and sort of pieced together different parts of the internet to start creating this thing I wanted to work from. Mm. And I was like, this is exactly the sort of stuff we talk about for our podcast, yeah. this art, technology, technology, yeah. art. I wonder if anyone's ever done that before, if you're the first to I don't know. About Could that. be. Yeah. To totally do, you know, because I, I have, I'm like a third grader. In, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I can ask where the bathroom is and tell <laughs> somebody I need a drink of water, but yeah. it's not like I am fluent in Italian, and I am translating an Italian play with the assistance of modern technology. Uh, I also wonder if I need to, like, credit it on the script, you know, Servant of Two Masters, translated by Google, adapted by Aaron Gottlieb. Hmm. Well, then they just want, you know. Then they'd want want their piece. Yeah, so. It's like me and and Adam's. uh, It's like Adam and I. It's like our ministering business. Yeah. As his agent in this. Yes, our ministering (laughs) business. (laughs) How much do you charge to visit sick people in the hospital? (laughs) Well, it depends on how contagious what they have is. Oh, that's like it's a broken bone or, you know. Yeah, if it's your okay. That's only a right. day fee. Yeah. But there's hazard pay on top of anything yeah. contagious. <laughs> anything or communicable, gross. yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> if Google um, placed a thing saying any output created by the translation robots is Ours. copyright <laughs> Google? Hmm. I can imagine it. I hope they don't do that. Be interesting. Plus, I just can't wait to see what you will do with that script, too. Like, <laughs> you, you know, your own particular adaptations and spins on things. And Yeah, because yeah. there's one, there's, there's a very, you know, from what I can tell, close sort of translation out there that is public domain in Canada, but not here in the States. Um, and it's like, I can see... I can see where the actors could fill in between these lines. Mm. And then there's one that really sort of tried to adapt it and make it its new thing and totally different. And it's not exactly what I want to do with it. And so this idea of, of going back to the, 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 the original text and being able to mm. muck about with it and mm. create that's this exciting. thing. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm I looking think that's forward cool. to playing th- with it. I think that's a brilliant idea. Like that's, Go you. That's great. (laughs) Uh, Mm. Makes me want to go back and try and think what other public domain texts that are out there that that I've always you would want to play with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just in it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm in it for the money. (laughs) That is evidenced by every decision he has made up until this point. Can't spell Goldini, Goldoni, whatever without (laughs) gold. Uh, Um. I could see you doing something with one of the, uh, but uh, I was going to say sort of one of the ancient Greek texts I mm-hmm. think you could have a lot of fun with, but I don't know that Google has an ancient Greek setting on its mm-hmm. translation page. It would be fun to see what it did with the modern Greek and, or, uh, yeah, take There's one of the original Klingon texts and translate <laughs> them. Into <laughs> then you could really have fun with Hamlet. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, there's probably a, one of the Greek playwrights that has a modern, modern quote unquote Greek translation that's still old enough to be in the public domain that mm-hmm. maybe you could work from the, the updated language through the Google Translate <laughs> through the Adam Montague adaptation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, especially uh, Aristophanes plays. I've been in a couple of those actually, The Birds and the Frog, and they were <laughs> yeah. 
and they were uh, they were both uh, modern adaptations. Uh, and so, but it would be interesting to go back and see uh, the public domain text and yeah. see what because I kind of had yeah ideas ideas about some things, especially with the bird because it's all about it's all about politics really. Sure. Yeah. Politics My is for the birds. It is for the birds. That was his tagline too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On the original play poster. poster. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, a lot of my worldview is confused because as I was getting a little older, my parents took me aside and told me about the birds and the frogs, and it really just <laughs> ah. muddled everything from there on. Speaking of Greek stuff, um, <laughs> really, I found an article about um, the world's oldest computer. Is it Greek? Oh, It's not that thing over there in the corner. Are we doing another episode Greek. today? I think we should, yeah. Okay, cool. I think we should do then two today. Then I won't today. mention this other thing. Okay, great. But I think, yeah. <laughs> So, so Greek's oldest computer. Sorry. Greeks, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's dated dates back to the uh, first century uh, BC or BCE. Uh huh. All right. Um, and basically, huh? BCE. Yeah, we should yeah. say BCE. I'm the uh, the officiant, the, the uh, minister officiant? of the group. Yeah, I like that's that. what I was referred to yesterday because yeah. somebody said, "Are you the preacher?" And I was like, "I am performing the service." <laughs> and then uh, somebody said he's the efficient. I was like, oh yes, ah. you are very efficient, efficient get, and efficient, yeah, and omniscient and militant. Who are we kidding? You Quiet, wore epaulets to the. Now you may talk. Podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Antikythera, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I may not be. It's Greek. It's all if you're Greek not, to me. and you say it that way two right. more times, the demon if we could will have arise. An Greek, maybe contact us, and we, you know. Just I haven't send been us touched by an ancient mail. Greek in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Um, Jacques Cousteau found it in the late 70s. Um, underwater, surprise. <laughs> I'm talking about the computer. <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> Eyes up here. Go on. All right. Um, and, Is it a uh, water-powered computer? <laughs> Shut up. No, it could be. <laughs> you know, there like, were water-powered clocks. Yeah. I'm not trying to... No, no that was a legitimate question. There are water-powered clocks in the old cathedrals. Yeah. The clock, or what is now termed a computer, is yeah. really sort of an an ancient mathematical machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then perhaps it's run by clockwork. Okay, this is See? kind. This is run by clockwork. This is that. I just... it's. It sounded like such smartassery. I totally <laughs> understood what you were saying, Aaron. I'm sorry that Jeff didn't understand. I, I apologize. Was completely I'm not sensitive. referring to the Futurama robot with the water wheel in the middle of the body. <laughs> that is this is run by clockwork. Okay. And they weren't really sure what it uh what it did until I mean they knew it was a computer, but they weren't sure what it did until recently. Um but basically it's uh, astronomical calculations, positions of sun, moon, uh, a couple of planets and things okay. like that. So all run by cogs, um, and uh, and and clockwork, and they said it had the precision of a, of a nineteenth century clockwork piece, which I this thought is going to add a whole cool. new element to steampunk. There's going to be like <laughs> Greek punk, Greek Greek punk, or something Greek now. Steam. Or what would we call that? Uh, what what would Greco 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 steampunk Greco? Oh, so you take steam Greco? Oh, we have to take the steam out. You're right. Take, because steam refers to the Victorian era where everything yeah. was steam right, power. Right. So, so uh, aquos punk. So, uh, well, because <laughs> steam punk. is a what? That's a state of matter. So you could be just liquid punk. Ice punk. <laughs> Democracy <laughs> punk. What? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 
Mm. Aqueduct punk. Aqueduct punk. That's Roman, yeah. really, but yeah. yeah. Toga punk. Lamb punk. punk. Fragos punk. Boy. Yiddish punk. Yiddish punk. Boy. That's a bit of a leap. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. What frog makes punk. it Go frog ahead. punk? Leap. Sorry. Bird punk. Frog and bird punk. Um, <laughs> I had to wipe some of that off my car. <laughs> what makes it. Uh, uh, a computer, computer and not a clock or yeah. a, a, is there some way that you can calculate differences between dates or yeah um it it had input output like okay you could uh hang on let me get to it when a date was entered via a crank the crank's been lost uh the mechanism calculated the position of the sun and moon or other astronomical information such as locations of planets okay so i would say it is very much like a computer because you Put in your input. I want to know on this day, and mm-hmm. it calculates the output, saying, hmm. "Here's where things were on that day." So I would, I would so count that could... as a computer. Oh, I mean, definitely. it's far beyond an abacus. You know, it's interesting. I think that's like very that's fantastic. Cool. Um, I discovered today that uh, not only is the Mayan apocalypse <laughs> bunk, <laughs> because did you read the article I sent you? Did you send me an article? I did. Just now? No, it was with my show notes for. I don't know. I guess not. Okay, but I that art the article I think you're about to mention was in there. Oh, okay. I thought about Mayan apocalypse today as well. It's, yeah. it's funny. Um, not only is it bunk because the math doesn't actually work out if you include <laughs> leap seconds and leap days and all of that, but they have found the big master calendar. That the other calendars were sort of partial. They didn't share with quick use, like you know. I'm seeing like this giant Google calendar, <laughs> and they hadn't shared it with you. No, there was that's essentially what it was. They yeah. said um, there was a uh, there was a, a room. They were excavating uh, some ruins, and there was a little bit of like red, uh, brightly colored sticking up through the dirt. Yeah. And they thought maybe you know a you know piece of pottery or something like that. And as they started to excavate. Uh, they found it was actually uh, the entrance to like uh, a room, and inside the room were you know very colorful uh, drawings on the wall. But in one particular uh, mural, it was actually a uh, full calendar, and it and it uh, didn't just go up to the what December twenty first, two thousand twelve, but it, yeah, and yeah, and it just went on and on and on. And they were saying how uh, the Mayans particularly actually had, I think, they said seventeen different units of uh, measuring time. Right. And we're up to like the fifth largest. Yeah. Wow. With yeah, the yeah. 2012 date. Yeah. And it was just, it was very interesting. And again, how they were saying, and you know, this is kind of what I'd always said important. to you after I would mess with you with that it was <sighs> ending. It, it's really just the end of a cycle. You know, it's like mm-hmm. saying, right. oh, you know, the month of February is done. Now we're mm-hmm. on to March. The odometer is going to turn over. Yeah, so it looks like a bunch means. of zeros. But yeah. yeah. And it just happened that uh, most of the other calendar and timekeeping devices that they were finding stopped, stopped here, here because that was the biggest chunk they assumed they would need. Right. But oh, their so master let's calendar. Everyone send out this this epoch, yeah. and uh, when come time for the uh, upgrade, yeah. Yeah. we'll send you the next and, one. And the interesting thing about like this room. Like the bank room, calendar. Right. They're, yeah. they're uh, hypothesizing that the room was actually for like a record keeper because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. they said specifically underneath the calendar that they drew on the mall uh, on the wall 
uh, was uh, a mural. So they made the room first with all the murals, and they think that this record keeper used this mm-hmm. room for that purpose. And rather than continually pulling out his notes and checking, you know. Which were on giant stone slabs. <laughs> right. So I imagine it was uh, harder at the time. Um, that they painted over part what of the mural phone? sort of like a cheat sheet on the wall. Yeah. And so this was the cheat sheet that they just discovered. I liked somebody compared it to a Mayan whiteboard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they had just jotted their notes up for yeah. them. But, you know, looking at this, you know, I saw one article and I was like, all right, let me double check this. And yeah, I went out and there were definitely other sources that all agree that this had happened and had been found, um, including even the Christian post. And when the Christians are willing to denounce an into the world scenario, you know that it's really just not going to happen. Yeah. I have this elaborate, um, uh, Adam Montague lineage backstory now in my mind of I'm thinking of your mom working on the Y2K conversion okay. <laughs> and now I'm thinking you have ancient Mayan ancestors which all just look like mm-hmm. you in Mayan headdress with handlebar mustaches wow. doing calculations <laughs> over for when the next uh, <laughs> next calendar's got to go out. <laughs> well, you know and now that I'm ordained and efficient this is just one step closer to the apocalypse cult that I'll be starting <laughs> right. soon. So He's going to start doing human sacrifices at the okay. Lion Temple. <laughs> That's right. This is why we will I also 10%. have a donate this button. This is why I'm trying to get in now. <laughs> oh, it would be so nice to register Polar Studios as a religion. People would throw money at us. We wouldn't have to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. No government cost. It would be fantastic. Uh, okay. okay. Hmm. We've got a registered officiant now, yeah. so... <laughs> I, I was registered good. for a while uh, on one of the internet sites, um, and I used to force people to get married at, in the, the college you hallway. Me. You married me one time. I don't remember to who, but uh, who knows? Who knows? It was whoever was nearby uh, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It was great fun. And Thanks. Some of it was them special out. for me too. Thanks. <laughs> you didn't go to college. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> I'd just be like, would you like a dollar? And they'd be like, sure. And I'd look at somebody else and I'd be like, would you like a dollar? And they'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd be like, ha now you're married. It's legal for one month or until you fill out the paperwork, then it's good forever. Nice, <laughs> nice. So yeah. I wouldn't make people married for a month. It was great. Nice wedding theme we've had today. It is. I've enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Very appropriate. Can we pay for that? Yeah, that's got to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was <laughs> as soon as I things, say it, so I you doubt know it. it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Madge, President Obama says he's for oh, oh, yeah. the gay marriages. God. Yeah. There's Earth. a boost to the economy if we would nationalize it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will spend some money getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very tasteful weddings, too. Not like some of the tacky ones I've been to. <laughs> where they just get some guy to happen. Where they just get some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some mustachioed man. By the way, Adam uh, is all set to do gay marriages. You call him, he will come out to, he'll do legal gay marriages, illegal mm-hmm. gay marriages. <laughs> he is ready. He will marry Anything Anybody. to anything. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, what not are your limits? Anything. Got, got standards. I'm not gonna, well, I'm not going to marry people to animal posters. But according to people, that is the slippery slope that is open <laughs> by gays being allowed to marry. <laughs> I, I it have, is the same. I seem to recall oh, God, that I the only know. way I'm going to find love is by marrying some sort of computing device. So if you're telling me that you're not into mm. that, I'm going to have to back you off. As, as that 
thing that mm-hmm. cold machine can, can give consent Machines to the computer. Are very warm. Oh. Yeah, Ooh. I was trying to yeah, I was trying to imply you were the heartless machine. You started talking and you interrupted. Oh, I interrupt a lot. You do. I do. Give it I interrupt. Yep. Give it all up. the time. <laughs> give it up. Now we're just scatting. Give it up. We should be done. Give it up. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. That's not an impression of anybody. (laughs) So, uh, do we have anything coming up? Anything we're excited about? Um, I have an audition for Drop Dead Diva tomorrow. (gasps) I'm excited. That's that's one of those shows that plays on a a different online source, and I have to go back and try and catch up. Oh, yeah. I'm excited, though, because I did the... So, um, while you're there, if you could ask them to join Hulu, that would help me out. I will. Thanks. (laughs) I'll say, join Hulu. I just heard a thunder rumble. Yeah, it's been yeah. thundering a little while. while that was all right. Join Hulu. Rumble, rumble, <laughs> rumble. rumble. <laughs> what you well, got, Aaron? Yeah, I have uh, drama camp coming drama up. Camp. I'm, yeah, we're getting ready to end our school year, and uh, I'm getting in line all my summer activities as well. So, cool. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So sign off? Yep. Um, I'm Jeff, and uh, my toes are cold. I'm Aaron, and I approve this message. I am Adam, and by the power vested in me by the state of Georgia, I now pronounce this podcast ready to air. <laughs> I thought you were going to marry everyone who was listening to everyone else. Who was listening. Wouldn't that be a trip? Like, oh my God, what just happened? Whoever you are hearing this podcast with is you now know. your legal spouse. <laughs> Congratulations. Happy wedding. Happy oh, wedding, everybody. Microphones.